Since I just recently completed a passage describing the evil adversary in the last days kingdom war the Antichrist Chaldeans I will now turn to address in more detail God's holy warrior army of servants that directly confronts this adversary. On this site, thus far, I have referred to these servant warriors collectively as the Jacob army. Intro and Background First, recall that the Antichrist Chaldeans are the worldwide adversary. The Chaldeans are massive in scale, encompassing leaders and multitudes of peoples across the world. They include both God's own wayward people and Gentiles alike, along with their rulers, leaders and their respective Gentile armies, sometimes termed riders on horses. Particularly noteworthy are those ancient peoples and people groups who are Israel's perennial enemies, including Edom, Moab, the Philistines the Ammonites, etc. These same groups assist in perpetuating the worldwide kingdom war against God and His people to this day. Recall that Satan has accumulated these multitudes across the earth as part of his own huge, worldwide army who are pledged to secrecy and silence. They are organized crime, united and bound by a secret oath, and operating via backdoor communications. Collectively, they wield enormous power. As I described in my last passage, they use their power to hide ugly truths about their oppressive, criminal activities and also perpetuate a false, occult narrative in entire societies that has caused great deception of people worldwide. God tells the portion of Jacob and his Jacob army, whom he himself leads, that they will prevail in their end times, unconventional worldwide spiritual war against the Chaldeans. In doing so, the massive scale of the Antichrist Chaldeans is made clear along with the scope of this war. In Scripture, God reminds us that his small, select army will defeat and break in pieces the following. Kingdoms, nations, the horse and its rider, chariots and charioteers, representing conventional armies, men and women, old men and youth, and the young man and the maid, the shepherd and his flock, the husbandman and his yoke of oxen, and the captains and rulers. Jer 51 20-23. Clearly, this will be a comprehensive, worldwide war. And although Israel and the Middle East region is the primary geographic focal point, for obvious reasons, it is Babylon U.S., also called the land of the Chaldeans, Jer 50-25, that is a key initial staging ground for this kingdom war. I have explained prior on this site that Babylon U.S is the last day's northern kingdom where God's holy, small flock remnant army largely resides and where the kingdom adversary and its two primary leaders, the Assyrian and the king of, last days, Babylon, have particularly strong ties. We are told that God, through his Jacob army, sets a standard upon the wall of Babylon, Jer 51:17. This is a standard or signal to the world about Chaldean oppression and lawlessness that essentially communicates on behalf of God, consider yourself warned. In the countries of Israel and Babylon U.S., especially God allows the Chaldean mob and their leaders in the last days to punish his rebellious, disobedient people and to prune his vineyard. However, it is clear in Scripture that there is a point at which God is satisfied that his people have endured sufficient discipline and then he turns his wrath back to the evil kingdom adversary that has been none too happy and prideful to decimate God's people. God's vengeance is shown many times in Scripture during this last day's time period during which we are told that He is accomplishing His purpose, particularly against Babylon and its Chaldeans. His purpose serves to shame and put down Chaldean leaders and bring darkness into light so that Christ's humble, faithful believers may be redeemed, saved and exalted. The Jacob Army-God's Holy Warriors In Scripture, we learn that God's Jacob Army Judah small flock remnant are early recipients of God's wrath against His people as a refining process, they are the initial ones whom he has chosen in the furnace of affliction, is 48:10. They are taken captive and heavily persecuted by the Antichrist Chaldeans. But these are his holy, faithful, royal, and righteous remnant who I have described previously are left of the sword. 
God even gives them supernatural power to fight back and become a significant part of his defeating the Chaldean enemy to accomplish his purpose above. This holy Jacob army is led by God himself. He answers their prayers when they are in trouble, and then we are told that he, marches through the land in indignation, Hab 3:12, and that he bears his holy arm in the sight of all nations, is 52:10. He then furthermore summons and gives power to his holy Jacob army. This is described in the following scriptures. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. Ps 110-3. I have commanded my sanctified ones, I have also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together, the Lord of hosts mustereth the host of the battle. Is 13-3-4. Assemble yourselves, and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about, thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Joel 3:11. These are God's primary soldiers in the ongoing, quiet spiritual kingdom war who are called to battle in the last days, even before terrors and conventional wars break out in the tribulation period. God uses this covert Jacob army as a restraining, counterforce in the kingdom war. Through them, he accomplishes his strange work and sets his scourge that confounds Chaldean leaders and turns their silent persecution tactics against themselves. So it is God who gives his Jacob army the power to fight back supernaturally in both their own battles and collectively for his kingdom by the use of sling stones, figuratively speaking, in this David versus Goliath unconventional kingdom war on earth scenario. We are told in scripture that this small army are given power like that of lions in the forest that tread down entire nations. The following scriptures from ancient days foretell of the kind of supernatural power that God gives to His last day's army. One thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one, at the rebuke of five shall ye flee, till ye be left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain, and as an ensign on a hill. Is 30:17. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face, they shall come out against thee one way, and flee before thee seven ways. Do 28-7. Only by God's supernatural work and rescue on their behalf does the Jacob army emerge as victors in the last days. Again, God does this to show the world that it is He only who is God. He does this for His own purpose and glory. Contents of this passage In the remainder of this passage, I will address the Jacob army in more detail according to the following components. Interrelation of members Jacob Judah Ephraim After discussing the interrelatedness of the Jacob army members above, I will look at each individually. In doing so, I will consider historical precedent of their predecessors' battles on behalf of Israel, and then will show what prophetic scripture tells us about their involvement and roles as part of the last day's Jacob army. Interrelation of Members Prior to discussing each of the major components and peoples of the Jacob army, it makes sense to establish them through scripture along with their interrelatedness. Although the following scripture likely refers to individual members, collectively they represent the major components of the Jacob army, namely, Jacob, Judah, and Ephraim, which are discussed herein. We read. And Ephraim is as an heifer that is taught, and loveth to tread out the corn, but I passed over upon her fair neck, I will make Ephraim to ride, Judah shall plough, and Jacob shall break his clods. Haas 10 11. In terms of interrelatedness, we might consider the original Jacob who was a patriarch and father of the twelve tribes. Similarly, and times Jacob also becomes a sort of father to the twelve tribes. In fact, end times Jacob is a compilation of many biblical characters. Not surprisingly, he has the broadest role in God's last day's fighting army, a role that naturally overlaps with Judah and Ephraim, discussed herein, which carry the scepter and birthright promises, respectively.
and times Jacob may even possess several bloodlines including these to complement his role, and I have shown previously that he likely comes from the waters of Judah for at least part of his heritage. Next, while Ephraim has a representation in the Jacob army, Ephraim as a whole only comes to its spiritual birthing in the battle versus the adversary later in time. You may recall from a prior passage on this site that it becomes the holy, righteous Jacob Judah remnant versus the world Antichrist Chaldeans at the beginning of this end times kingdom war. Unfortunately, just like the country of Israel's own leaders and people, Ephraim in Babylon U.S. is largely on the wrong side of this war versus their brethren, the small, righteous Jacob Judah remnant. The following describes the end-time state of Ephraim prior to their awakening. Manasseh, Ephraim, and Ephraim, Manasseh, and they together shall be against Judah. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Is 921. Once Ephraim awakens, likely in the tribulation period, they begin to join God's righteous army in more significant fashion. Meanwhile, the following scriptures show the righteous component of Ephraim, and house of Joseph, in the Jacob army that join with their Jacob Judah remnant brethren after they become aware that they are also targets of Chaldean powers in the time of Jacob's trouble. When I have bent Judah for me, filled the bow with Ephraim, and raised up thy sons, O Zion, against thy sons, O Greece, and made thee as the sword of a mighty man. Zech 9:13. And I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph, and I will bring them again to place them, and they of Ephraim shall be like a mighty man, and their heart shall rejoice as through wine. Zech 10-6-7. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame. OB 18. In the last scripture, which points to the rejoining of Joseph, Ephraim, and Jacob, we might recall here another scripture that tells us about this time period which says, And the light of Israel shall be for a fire, and his holy one for a flame, is 1017. It appears that end times Jacob and his house is the fire and that Joseph slash Ephraim is the flame in this kingdom war. End times Jacob and Ephraim are also both spiritual firstborns, this points to their spiritual awakening during the kingdom war, and thus, their membership and partnership in the core of God's holy Jacob army. Finally, interestingly, consider that it was Joshua and Caleb, of the tribes of Ephraim and Judah, respectively, in Moses' day, who spied out the land of inheritance and were the only ones retained and chosen by God in their generation to enter the land with the next generation of tribes. They were rewarded for their faith and courage. Modern-day versions of Joshua and Caleb representing Ephraim and Judah are likely again among God's faithful Jacob army remnant, a remnant that will defeat the Chaldeans and ultimately return to the Holy Land. Jacob in terms of Jacob's role in God's last days fighting army that engages in the unconventional spiritual war versus the Antichrist Chaldeans, we might consider the original Jacob from ancient days. Similarly, his battle then was for his soul, a battle that was also spiritual in nature one to retain his birthright versus his brother-turned-adversary. He showed tremendous faith, won God's love, and won power due to his wrestling with the angel of God. Upon prevailing, God gave him the new name Israel. And times Jacob, his army and his remnant are beneficiaries all these years later as a result of original Jacob's wrestling, tenacity and his subsequent blessing. And times Jacob is again blessed in these last days in the midst of numerous adversaries and becomes a leader of the tribe and house of Israel itself. The following scripture is somewhat of a timeless representation of Jacob and his portion. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things, and Israel is the rod of his inheritance, the Lord of hosts is his name. Jer 10 16. And times Jacob has to struggle to fight all over again in these last days to retain his birthright. I describe this in more detail as follows. Last days Jacob in the Jacob army. And times Jacob is the captain of the Jacob army, 
house of Jacob, sons of Jacob, etc., and eventually the larger house of Israel that is regathered and returns to the Holy Land. As I alluded to above, he has the broadest role in the Jacob army, as the name of this army would suggest, and his own fighting in this army and the outcome of their battle serves as a light to the Gentiles of the world and as a personal sacrifice and atonement for his people, Israel. As an individual member, but as a symbol for all of those in the Jacob army, and times Jacob we know from Scripture is given the strength of a unicorn in his fight. This allows him to pierce his enemies and rise as a young lion to his prey. Referring to Jacob's own war in Babylon U.S., one that develops into a worldwide kingdom war, God prophetically describes the outcome of his battle as a result of the power that he gives Jacob. This is shown in the first scripture below, followed by Balaam's ancient prophetic foresight about the power of last days Jacob. When he maketh all the stones of the altar as chalk stones that are beaten in sunder, the groves and images shall not stand up. Is 27-9. He couched, he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion, who shall stir him up? Num 24-9. If you were wondering more specifically about a modern-day culmination and an outcome to Jacob's battle from ancient times versus his brother Esau, completing the prophetic scripture from Obadiah given earlier in this passage tells us about the final fate of God's people's adversary and rival, Esau, in these last days. And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble, and they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord hath spoken it. OB 18. Of course, end times Jacob has plenty of help. The Lord Himself is in the battle in these last days. See my prior passages on this site entitled, The Lord is with us. In the Jacob army's last days fight and victory against Babylon's Chaldeans, particularly in Babylon U.S., we are told further about the power God gives to the portion of Jacob and his remnant. The words of God Himself are in the first scripture below, followed again by Balaam's ancient vision and prediction in scripture that came as a result of his own interactions with the God of Israel. Thou, portion of Jacob, art my battle-axe and weapons of war, for with thee will I break in pieces the nations, and with thee will I destroy kingdoms, behold, I am against thee, O destroying mountain, Babylon, saith the Lord, which destroyest all the earth, and I will stretch out mine hand upon thee, and roll thee down from the rocks, and will make thee a burnt mountain. And Babylon shall become heaps, a dwelling place for dragons, an astonishment, and an hissing, without an inhabitant. Jer 51 20, 25, 37. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel, according to this time it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What hath God wrought? Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion, and lift up himself as a young lion, he shall not lie down until he eat of the prey, and drink the blood of the slain. Num 23-23-24. In summary, altogether, the original Jacob's blessing from God in ancient days can be seen as carrying all the way through to end times Jacob and his Jacob army in their last days battle. Judah. It is not surprising that we find a Judah remnant among the last days Jacob army, even as its primary component. Today's Judah remnant carries its warrior traits forward from the days of old. At the time when the original patriarch Jacob gathered his sons and told them about what would befall them in the last days, he referred to Judah as a lion's whelp rising from the prey, and also told him, Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Gen 49-8. Years later, when Moses offered his final blessings to the tribes, he asked the Lord to help Judah from his enemies. Judah historically is among the first in battle. As a tribe on the east side of the tabernacle, it is in first position. After Joshua died, the Israelites in the land asked the Lord who should go up and fight against the Canaanites first. The Lord simply responded, Judah, 
and said furthermore that he had already delivered the land into Judah's hand. Judah then went and conquered Jerusalem and slew Canaanites throughout the land. Of course, we know of King David's exploits a short time later, and how as a righteous God-led warrior, his armies conquered many people so that Judah slash Israel in his time took back much of their God-given territory. Last days Judah in the Jacob army. In the end times, it is the holy, royal, righteous Judah small flock remnant as the major part of the Jacob army that is first in the battle versus the Antichrist Chaldeans. As part of this army, it is an end times servant David, the branch who is the root of Jesse, who raises a banner to the world signaling Antichrist Chaldean persecution and tactics. This end times David is also a Zerubbabel type who carries the plumb line of justice and righteousness and will be the Davidic prince who rebuilds the temple prior to welcoming Jesus Christ to reign in the coming heavenly kingdom. As with the strength given to Jacob above, God says in Scripture that this small Judah remnant will be like God. God says in Scripture that He will show His love to Judah and save them. The following Scriptures show the power of Judah's role as part of the end times Jacob army. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like an hearth of fire among the wood, and like a torch of fire in a sheaf, and they shall devour all the people round about, on the right hand and on the left, and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. Zech 12-6. For the Lord of hosts hath visited his flock the house of Judah, and hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. Out of him came forth the corner, out of him the nail, out of him the battle bow, out of him every oppressor together. And they shall be as mighty men, which tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle, and they shall fight, because the Lord is with them, and the riders on horses shall be confounded. Zech 10-3-5. Collectively, between end times Jacob described earlier and this Judah remnant including last day's house of David's servants, several rhetorical questions asked directly by God in Scripture related to who will rise up on his behalf in the last day's kingdom war are answered. A few of God's questions implying these end times servant warriors include. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Ps 94:16. Also I heard the voice of the Lord, saying, Whom shall I send? and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Is 6-8, note, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking in his vision with a likely end times meaning. And who is a chosen man, that I may appoint over her? For who is like me? And who will appoint me the time? And who is that shepherd that will stand before me? Jer 50:44. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, even the messenger of the covenant, but who may abide the day of his coming? and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. Mal 3-1-2. And times Judah and a small remnant house of David is the first out of the gate once again in battling God's enemy, the Chaldeans, in the last days. They will be rewarded by God for their faith and walking with him during the current last days period of chaos and strife. These are the ones among the small remnant who I have previously described get an early exit from the theater of last days world war and terrors, especially from those that will come during the tribulation period. Ephraim. In this section, as I did with Jacob and Judah above, I will first look at Ephraim in historical context as it relates to fighting in battle. When considering original Jacob's blessings to his sons and then Moses' last words to the tribes, we can see what they pledged for Joseph as a possible prophetic clue for Ephraim. Tremendous kingdom blessings and inheritance are promised to Joseph. Otherwise, as it relates specifically to warfare, we see the following in Scripture. The archers have sorely grieved him, and shot at him, and hated him, but his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Gen 49 23-24.
his glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns, with them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. Do 33:17. You can see that both of these promises prophetically point to association and overlap with fellow Jacob army member, and times Jacob. Joseph is given the strength of a unicorn, which we know is also an attribute of end times Jacob, Num 24-8. Of course, Joseph's life was in many ways a picture of Jesus as well as of the small Jacob Judah remnant army in the last days and that he was, rejected by his own, taken captive, persecuted, but then finally given strength by God to prevail in his own battle, which in turn led to the saving and redemption of many others. In further considering the historical house of Joseph as it relates to battle, recall that it was Ephraim that had a pattern of frequently being left out of the battle fought on behalf of Israel. They were left out of the battle that Gideon fought, and were again left out when Jephthah went to war against the Ammonites because they did not respond when Jephthah initially approached them. Later, King Amaziah of Judah was advised by a man of God not to let Ephraim join in his battle against Edom. This was at the time Ephraim was well immersed as part of the godless, idol-worshipping northern kingdom. Finally, recall that when the house of David originally split from Saul, whose houses had a long-standing adversarial relationship and war, Ephraim followed Saul. Then, a short time later, Jeroboam of Ephraim led the split from Solomon's son Rehoboam of Judah in perpetuating this war against Judah. Last days Ephraim in the Jacob army. I already mentioned above that Ephraim as a whole comes to the battle late and only rejoins the remnant after its awakening in the tribulation period when they come to a realization that their Antichrist Chaldean associations are actually their enemy. Up until this point, Ephraim's people will have had strong ties with, and will have been strongly influenced by, their alliances with the Antichrist Chaldeans. Note, this is explained in more detail in the book of Hosea and previously on this site. Meanwhile, due to Ephraim's being misled and misinformed, Ephraim remains blinded for a time, and develops a jealousy and envy of its brethren, especially of last day's royal Judah. This is a replay of the historical Ephraim versus Judah conflict as I just described above. Even with that precedent, we must keep in mind the following things about Ephraim, overall, 1, Ephraim, Joseph, inherits tremendous kingdom blessings, just read Jacob's and Moses' parting words about Joseph, 2, a faithful Ephraim remnant eventually comes around, largely returns and reunites with Judah in the last days, 3, Ephraim does have a small component that is among the initial righteous Jacob army, which are God's first fruits holy children in the last days. Thus, their inclusion in this passage. As for Ephraim's part among the holy, righteous Jacob army small flock remnant, we are not given a lot of detail in scripture, but we know the following about last days Ephraim and the house of Joseph, some of which I have alluded to earlier in this passage. That is, as part of the Jacob army, Ephraim, house of Joseph, is a burning flame, OB 18 is an arrow in the bow of Judah, Zech 9 13 is a well-trained heifer that loves to thresh, Hos 10 11 shall become like a mighty man, Zech 10 7 shall subdue with sling stones, Zech 9 14 is the strength of, God's, head, P 60 7. So, as you can see, a small, select Ephraim remnant turns out to be a very important and significant part of the initial last days fighting Jacob army prior to the larger remnants regathering and return to the land. Tilda. In summary, it is clear that the last days Jacob army and their unconventional battle and spiritual warfare against the Antichrist Chaldeans is a very large part of Jesus defeating and destroying the Antichrist kingdom in these last days. All of the glory goes to Jesus Christ. Grace and Peace. Lion's Lair, LL.